G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. The Tuesday edition of 2020 and a conversation you might want to join into over this next hour. We're going to talk about the unprecedented growth of homeschooling. So if you're about uh, thinking what you're doing with homeschooling, uh, well, you might be contemplating this. You're not alone. Homeschooling in Australia is experiencing tremendous growth in enrolments right across the country. It's been around for longer than you may think, and in our Australian context goes right back to colonisation. Now, in 2022, we're seeing unprecedented growth in enrolments with just the state of Queensland reporting an increase as large as 46%. Well, Dr. Terry Harding is manager of Australian Christian Homeschooling. Terry is joining us. Terry, a special welcome along to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Good morning, everybody. And it's great to be with you today. Terry, give us some insights into just how significant the growth of Christian homeschooling is. Well, certainly homeschooling across the board, Christian and non-Christian, is growing uh, quite significantly at this point in time. Uh, I'm the manager of Australian Christian homeschooling, and so we have that particular emphasis of using Christian curriculum and having that context for to support families who want that. Um, so, look, we have just had massive growth uh, over the last couple of years, 61% growth over since uh, 2021. And you've already mentioned the growth in Queensland, 46%, ACT, 29%, uh, South Australia, 23%. It just goes on similarly for all states and territories. And uh, for us at Australian Christian Homeschooling, we're really pleased to be able to support people this way. All right. Now, you are the manager of Australian Christian Homeschooling, and this is something that you and your wife, Diane, have been involved in for a long, long time. Give us your own story here. Yes, yeah, sure. Um, we, uh, When we had our first baby, now that's last millennium, Neil, quite a while <laughs> yeah. back, hey, um, uh, we wanted to uh, ensure our, our firstborn and our subsequent children uh could have the access to a, a Christian education and we want a Christian curriculum specifically. So um, we started homeschooling uh, a long time ago and in back in the 80s and um, we uh, home educated our children from uh, that preschool uh, period right through to year 12. Uh, so that was a, a, an extended period of uh, focus in that area. We um, have seen our kids succeed in um, pursuing their interests in uh, careers and still following Jesus at the same time. And now uh, we have five children and now uh, 10 grandchildren. Some of them are being homeschooled as well. All right, five children. Some might be thinking, was it easier to do back in the 1980s than it is to do today? Is there a simple answer to that or does everyone's circumstances look different? Certainly everyone, everyone's circumstances do look different. 
um, uh, there are three major uh, areas of homeschooling um, extent worldwide. One is a structured format, which is what we do. We supply uh, academic materials, as I said, from preschool through to year 12. And we support families with that. There uh, is another form where uh, I call it the eclectic um, method where uh, families will cobble together different books and texts and a bit of the internet and construct their own uh, academic programs. And uh, the third group is called uh, unschooling or natural learning, where basically it's called child-directed um, uh, learning and the, uh, the parents follow the interests of the child. So there are the three formats. Uh, are, is it easy? Look, that depends on the family. Uh, Certainly, there are a number of challenges. Uh, one of them is that um, uh, if you are homeschooling, you will be a, a single income family. Uh, so because one parent is committed to being with the children uh, during the day, other parent is uh, usually um, looking to earn a living for the family. Uh, there are other questions. Uh, should, a f should a parent have a number of degrees in order to teach science and maths and all those other things. And that's quite often a stumbling block. And, and we find that we can train the parent in the use of a curriculum and hold their hand and make it, um, I can't say easy, but make it quite uh, doable um, as they work through uh, academics with their kids. Well, no doubt listeners will be inspired, but also uh, they'll be challenged because if you are considering being a homeschool parent, as you say, there's some sacrifices that you'll make because you'll be a one-income family. Uh, perhaps for some people who are in business, where you can share some of that time working from home or your administration happens at home, all sorts of things can happen there too. But this thought too that maybe I'm not smart enough, I didn't earn those degrees, maybe my child will be disadvantaged. This is where I imagine uh, organisations like yours become very important because you have a support for families who are going through those things and not every family is going to have every base covered. Indeed, indeed. We uh, support the, the families and the children right through the process. Uh, we commence with um, a, an academic diagnosis that uh, the children do in their homes at their own pace, um, and uh, that will look at the children's levels of uh, maths, English, reading and spelling. And from that, our teaching staff can then uh, prescribe curriculum that will allow the child to perform at their success level, not their age grade level. So uh, children can advance quickly who are skillful. Children who have been left behind or uh, have, have learning difficulties can work at their own pace at their own level. And we find that's a wonderful flexibility that homeschooling gives. Now, if you have a child who has a learning difficulty, though, as you say, you can slow things down, but uh, others are going to be saying, well, don't you need specialised teaching input for a child who has some learning difficulties, and wouldn't you find that more likely at a local school? Uh, look, at Ken, look, I, I'm not here to, um, uh, to ridicule uh, Australian schooling. We have wonderful... Uh, set up across the nation in terms of government and uh, uh, non-government schooling. But um, when you're teaching, and I'm a teacher as well, but when, when you're teaching a class of you know, 25 children, you really can't deal with the individual needs of the child. Now, Neil, you're referring to children with special needs. The key is to uh, prescribe 
work for the child at the level that they can perform. So you can put them at the correct level and also assist the families to for the child to perform academically at the correct rate. So again, the flexibility is is fine. The other thing that um, the, the the curriculum that we use has is that it's a self-instructional curriculum. This means that the parent does not need a degree in a particular subject. The teacher is written into the actual learning documents. And that's really uh, a great support for parents who are making sure their kids are getting a quality education. So I imagine, Terry, if you're a Christian parent and you're looking for integrity in your homeschooling format, uh, just set me uh, in, a, in a right place here about where most Christians might fit because you mentioned there's three different types. There's the structured format, uh, which you know I, I guess is this, this one you're just mentioning uh, here. Uh, mm. You did mention an eclectic method, which uh, families are cobbling together bits and pieces from all over the place and, and, and making their own curriculum in some sense or a guided way mm. of doing that. And then the yes. unschooling method, the natural learning, actually not even having a structured format at all. Uh, how 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 are Christians deciding uh, what's best for them? Is it the structured format? Uh, look, uh, it's personal choice. Uh, there are Christians who are operating uh, in each of those three methodologies. Um, well, what I like, though, is to have structure, uh, uh, which includes uh, biblical structure. Uh, we have uh, memory passages. We have teaching from a biblical point of view. Uh, and so um, the structured view is, is, is a way that I've chosen for my family. That's why we started in 1987. We could have created our own curriculum. We thought, no, we'll go with a Christian curriculum um, and so that my wife and I can pour our energies not into producing curriculum or lesson plans, but we can pour our energies into our children. So we used quality Christian materials um, uh, for our personal family's uh, education. Now that was just the ba- that was just a basis. We also had other things that were inv- important to our kids: sport and church and choir and chess club and swim club. Rugby league was our one of our passions and netball. So so you it's it's it, you develop your own um, format, but. Using the structured style is very, very handy. It means you don't have to invent a curriculum. Now, for the other other two methods of uh, cr- uh, curriculum uh, presentation, it, yeah, there are Christians who are doing it. They prefer to go that way, uh, and the n- natural learners as well. Uh, it just go, boils down to, uh, I guess, family taste, Neil. Family taste. And you might even choose uh, the best elements out of all of those three methods. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. We're talking homeschooling. You might have a question, a comment, even a critique for our conversation today. Dr. Terry Harding is our guest. He's manager of Australian Christian Homeschooling. Uh, Terry, shortly we'll take some calls, but uh, the historic elements here, homeschooling goes right back to uh, to the time of colonisation in Australia. And uh, in fact, uh, the Reverend Richard Johnson, the first chaplain in Australia, he was into homeschooling, but then he launched uh, what we recognise as the sort of schooling systems we're all used to everywhere. Your thoughts on the beginnings of homeschooling? Yes, certainly. From the Australian position, um, on the First Fleet, 1788, 
there were 17 children of the convicts and there were 19 children uh, of the marines. And uh, so there were children on board those ships which sailed into uh, Sydney and made a settlement that has been the foundation of, uh, of our European culture. Uh, in 1788, Isabella Rosson started in her home teaching those kids and she taught the children of convicts for free and she charged a minimal amount in teaching the children of uh, the military. Norfolk Island the next year, Thomas McQueen was noted to be um, home educating and also in Parramatta, Mary Johnson was uh, uh, teaching children in her home. So really homeschooling is not the, uh, the new kid on the block. Homeschooling is the foundation of formal education in Australia. But as you mentioned, uh, the Reverend Richard Johnson, who was our first um, minister of religion uh, in Australian history, uh, he uh, not only homeschooled his own children, uh, but he, uh, after lots and lots of um, appeal to Governor Arthur Phillip, uh, who would not provide money for him to build a church building, he somehow uh, got uh, funds together to build his own church building, and it was done in the shape of a cross. Uh, and that church building was wattle and daub construction, and uh, it used it was used for schooling of about up to 150 kids uh, during the week, and also used as a church uh, on weekends. Uh, unfortunately, after five years, uh, some uh, dissenting person chose to burn the church building down. But that's the beginning, at least, of uh, formal education in the country. Um, as things progressed into the 19th century, uh, different governors sought to support um, education from a government uh, point of view. Moving up, in, and there was a lot of dissent between uh, the religious groups, particularly the established Anglican Church, the uh, Catholics, and also the Presbyterians, and there was a bit of uh, push and shove between those denominations. And in the end, in the in the eighteen forties and the eighteen fifties, government said, "Well, we're going to have a government system, and you can have an independent system," and that's the system we still have today. It's a dual system of government and independent schooling. But as I started off by saying, uh, it all commenced with homeschooling. And of course, across um, the various colonies in those early times, uh, um, people who were not near a location where there was a formal school, they were homeschooling. And that was quite extensive, as our educational historians have noted in various uh, histories. And important to note too that as you're thinking about Australian history here and wondering whether we're a Christian nation or we're a Christian nation, some say we're post-Christian now, that all schooling from that time of colonisation was Christian schooling and so successful it was uh, that by the turn of the century around time of federation uh, almost everyone in Australia identified as Christian in fact went to church so uh, a huge uh, success story in the fact of homeschooling and the formation of Christian schooling. Hey we're taking calls on 1-800-316-316 let's take a call from Bill who's in rural South Australia. Hello, Bill. Welcome along. Hello. Thank you very much. Bill, yes. what are your thoughts? Yes, I just have a question. I, I can only imagine that uh, uh, homeschoolers, however they, uh, you know, families proceed, must have some state 
control or state assessment. Uh, and I'm just uh, interested to know if that's true, and if so, how does that uh, happen? Okay. Sure. Uh, your thoughts here, Terry? Yeah, sure, Bill. Um, yeah, homeschooling uh, is registered in each state and territory of Australia, and it's legal. Uh, the requirement is that parents uh, register their children uh, with the education authority of their particular state or territory. So that's the situation there. Uh, now, various states and territories have different uh, requirements of that registration, and uh, so families conform with that. There is also a number of families uh, nationwide that have chosen not to um, register. Uh, but So that's, the, that's a simple explanation to that point. Okay. Bill, does that answer your question? Okay. Uh, yes, I, b I believe so. Uh, uh, I can imagine that some listeners would, would wonder, okay, well, how do we, how do we uh, maintain quality? Because there may be parents and families out there who are not responsible and are, you know, uh, in a sense, just thinking they're taking the easy way out. Is that a way you can take an easy way out? Uh, thoughts there here, There certainly Terry? is. Yeah, there certainly is. The easiest way out is to put your child on the school bus and go down, have your child to go down the local uh, government school. That's the easy way out. Um, uh, taking on homeschooling is not an easy way out. It's, uh, it takes, uh, for example, in my experience, Bill, and my wife, we, we home educated for around 15 to 20 years. My wife was predominantly focused to the children. So single income family, she works for 20 or so years, no pay. Uh, it's about belief. The second point I'd like to make is that if you choose to take your child out of school and um, operate in homeschooling, you have a vested interest for that child's success. Uh, you don't have a vested interest to, for the child to be lazy or to do nothing. So uh, I'm not saying all homeschoolers are perfect, uh, but certainly it's it's tough work. Uh, it 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 costs, but I've got to say this: it pays immensely in terms of the development of each individual child. Bill, thank you so much for your call. One eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen to join in our conversation today. Let's take another call. Rohan is on the Gold Coast in Queensland. Hi, Rohan. Welcome along. Hi. Um, great. Uh, great discussion. Um, um, something to share about me. I spend a lot of my time homeschooling uh, because my parents were doing a lot of mission work, and um, I sat under the British um, system of GCSE, which is um, the secondary system there, but I did most of my homeschool to sit for the exam in grade 11 and then later on did my A-levels in grade 13. So I, I had a, um, uh, it, it was great for me because I could do it, of course, in my own pace, but there was also certain challenges that I was having, ha having like, you know, having problems communicating with peers when I went to university because I didn't have that kind of connection with them. Um, and, and I face that problem. And another question I would like to ask is just very related to each other is at the moment we have a shortage of teachers, but um, I'm assuming in the future there will be a lot of teachers because the government's working on that. Uh, would that be an issue uh, as teachers not getting uh, employment if everybody goes into homeschooling? <laughs> well, I'm not sure the whole of the population will, but uh, Rohan, good point. Uh, thought from you, Terry? 
Yes, certainly. Um, I guess different personality types are um, uh, reflected right across um, our community, those who are extrovert, introvert, etc., etc. Um, so, look, it was good that you were home-educated, Rohan. Uh, congratulations to yourself and parents. Uh, GCSE, a wonderful way of doing it. Um, uh, but um, uh, yeah, there are many... Uh, people who are introverted in in schooling as well and who are extroverted. So the social development factor is very much an individual f issue. Um, one way, a joking way, a bit of a light-hearted way of, that I described the socialisation of our kids was you should have seen our phone bills when we were homeschooling and, and, and you know, the number of kilometres we were putting on our on our uh, Toyota Tarago as we were going to various social activities. There are plenty of social groups that are homeschooled uh, right around the country uh, but there are also your natural, uh, your district sports and your church groups. So it, I guess, again, Rowan, that's a, your experience is great that you had that experience in university. And I, I'm sure that was a, a blessing for you. Um, and I guess it's a, an individual thing again. With respect to the teachers, um, look, uh, parents are teachers. Parents are. Te I know you're talking about professional teachers in the industry and they are. Uh, the, the shortage is there, of course, because of various government policies, mandated policies. Um, but I must make the point that parents are teachers and uh, parents have taught their children the most difficult cognitive activity on the planet, which is in Australia, is to speak the English language from scratch. And you find children who are competent, reasonably competent in speaking and listening around the age of three, by the age of five, they are more competent than someone, say, coming from another nation as an adult trying to learn the English language. So parents have taught this uh, method, uh, this the, their children to speak um, and uh, without almost realising it. Um, th so there's another factor, though, about teaching that parents are sharing and um, a common experience, common history. They share their genetics with their kids. They share all of these things, their values, their religion, so that there's a special bond between parent and child, which I call the PED, the parental educational dynamic. I describe it this way, that it is the invisible faith-based relationship between a parent and child that makes a parent a teacher. Say a three-year-old son asks me, Daddy, what day is it? Uh, because he trusts me, I, I'll, I'll say back to him, Mate, it's, it's Tuesday. Now, my three-year-old son doesn't know what Tuesday looks like, tastes like, smells like, but because of the deep relationship that we have, he just takes it for granted. Yep, yeah, it must be Tuesday, Daddy said so. So um, I talk about this all day, but um, it's a very powerful thing, the fact that parents are teachers, whether they realise it or not. We just at Australian Christian Homeschooling give them a, a very strong hand with respect to the formal academics. Rohan, thank you so much for your call. Waiting patiently, Diana is in WA. Hi, Diana. Welcome. Good morning. How are you? Very well, Diana. What are your thoughts? Um, a speaking uh, perspective of a teacher for a uh, hundred years. Yep. <laughs> um, I'm a grey nomad, and I'm seeing more and more families travelling on the road and homeschooling and I'm seeing such mature, social, socially adjusted children. It's wonderful to see. Um, people who are homeschooling at home, may I make a suggestion that Rohan picked up? 
please, please, please get your children into organisations like Little Athletics, um, sports clubs, where they're interacting with different people and learning to be strong in themselves emotionally. Because I found as a teacher too often children who were educated at home and they didn't have that social outlook um, often they were the target of bullies. Wow. Good thoughts, Diana, and mature thoughts. Uh, a thought or two here from Terry for Diana. Yes, thanks, Diana. Uh, important things that you raise. Um, certainly, whether you're home educated or not, if you're bullied in a school, that's traumatic. I mean, I, what I have a, uh, my recent research, 2022, looks at reasons why people choose homeschooling. And I have five reasons, religious reasons, problems with government policy, uh, school environment, home environment, and child safety and education. And with respect to the bullying, I mean, the, that, that, that's going to happen to, uh, in uh, schools, uh, and that's not the fault of teachers usually. Things can be done in secret and, um, and teachers are not aware. But uh, look, I'll just give you some quotes uh, from the research. Um, uh, families were saying we wanted to provide a flexible, non-stressful environment. One child, here's a quote from a parent, my child was chronically bullied, placed on suicide watch. We as parents had no idea until suicide watch was implemented. That's an extreme example, but uh, it, it just highlights that this can happen, whether you're home educated or not. Um, but uh, certainly the socialization aspect of home educated kids is, um, it's a strength, not a weakness. That myth needs to be busted in the sense that it's based on the assumption that if you go to school, you'll be well socialised. Well, um, that's an assumption that I would question. Um, if you're home educated, you, you, you are um, used to dealing with younger children, older children, aged uh, folk in the community. You are used to dealing with a wide range of people in many natural community contexts. Diana, thank you so much for great insight today. Our talkback line open, 1-800-316-316. Let's go through some more calls. Sonia is in Camden in New South Wales. Hi, Sonia. Welcome along. Hi, Ian. Thank you so much for taking my call. What are your thoughts, Sonia? Um, I'm, just, I'm always curious. It's always in the forefront of my mind when I hear about homeschooling is... Is there some sort of a regulatory uh, body that supervises and oversees the quality of education that the children are receiving? And um, the, the other question is, what sort of support do parents have uh, in order to help them? Because I can't imagine it being easy not having had formal training in teaching like Perry has. Good stuff. Uh, Terry, your thoughts around yeah. regulation and the sort of support that there might be for parents uh, because it's a, it's a hard road. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Uh, thanks, Sonia. That re reflects back to Bill's question from South Australia. And, uh, yeah, as I mentioned, that there are uh, each homeschooling child in each state and territory uh, is required to be uh, registered with their state or territory um, uh, inst educational institution. So, for example, in your state, Sonia, uh, NESA 
is the uh, authority and they will look at uh, curriculum and, and, and see uh, what is being taught in the home and that's reviewed annually. Uh, in other states, there are various um, homeschool registration bodies. Uh, with regard to support, um, yes, parents are responsible. The difference between, say, homeschooling and traditional schooling uh, homeschooling, the parents are responsible for the education of the child. And as I said, they have a vested interest uh, for that child to succeed. They're not just taking a lazy way out. In traditional schooling and in distance education, in both those uh, methods, uh, the school is responsible for the child's learning. Okay, Sonia, thank you so much for your call. Let's go through some more calls. Mel is in Port Lincoln in South Australia. Hi, Mel, welcome. G'day, thanks. Uh, I'm fairly new to homeschooling just this year. I've got two children in middle senior um, years and I think my stumbling block for many years was these kids who are homeschooled, they're not going to have the social skills and that seriously is a myth that needs to be debunked. Um, I've seen that a lot. You can always attest to it. Oh, yes, they socialise with young people. They socialise at sport. They go to church. They socialise with old people. But being able to give you a score, so doing a wellbeing survey and having one of my children score in the teens back when they were at school and now after six months of homeschooling, they're scoring in the 90s percentile, that is a testament to their ability to socialise outside of a school setting because I don't think you can really understand how negative socialisation affects children and it affects their ability to learn because of the trauma and the bullying that goes on. Um, Yeah, and so taking them out of a situation that we didn't realise was as negative as it was and doing homeschooling, they're now more social. So we have a physical score that demonstrates that, but also just observing them. When we're at church, the fact that they'll go up and talk to people who are sitting by themselves. Good. Mel, you've you've actually seen with your own eyes uh, a dramatic turnaround in the well-being of your own children as compared to with when they were at school. Terry, is that something fairly common? Absolutely. The research shows that uh, internationally and Australian research shows the the maturation of a child who's home educated is at least on the par with uh, the maturation of a a child in schooling. Um, But the thing that people don't realise in home education, the child's getting one-on-one tutoring all day conversations that would reflect not only to academics but um, to various tasks around the home so the stimulation cognitively and the conf- and the confidence to to converse on various issues it, uh, both those those factors are key in the in the social development of the children and how to conform to social norms Uh, how to perform, for example, at uh, the local supermarket, how to conduct oneself um, uh, when out in public. All of those things are moderated um, by a a caring parent who is interested in teaching the child social norms and how to relate to people. Mel in Port Lincoln, South Australia, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. We're talking homeschooling. 
some of these things we're talking about addressed on the uh, website for the organisation we're talking to, Australian Christian Homeschooling, achs.edu.au. Terry, let's take another call, though. Becky is in Western Australia. Hi, Becky. Hi, how are you going? Good. What are your thoughts? Um, well, we started homeschooling our pre-primary son last year. Sorry, he uh, was having quite a bit of anxiety academically on paper. Even his teachers were like, oh, he's fine. He's great. Um, and anyway, he got to a point where he's begging to stay home. Um, socially, he's fine. He has lots of little friends, and, and so it wasn't anything to do with that. Um, and also, we were concerned, um, I think, being a Christian radio station, we should talk about the Christian aspect, that um, that's 30 hours a week that our children are getting a secular worldview. Even at a Christian school, most of the stuff that they use, uh, science curriculum, um, all that is from a secular worldview. It's not, it might have two points from biblical worldview, and that's about it. Um, so there were some factors for us. So we, at first, we're just going to homeschool for one term, um, and then we saw the uh, to see our son get back to his normal self in that he was happy. At the end of the day, he wasn't cranky. Um, so when Dad got home, they had that time together. There wasn't homework after you've already been at school for six hours. I feel like homework damages such like family relationships. Kids are already tired at the end of the day. Then the commanders to do homework generally at most schools, and then where do they get time for family and for relating with their siblings? Um, but we've noticed that we've just, we've explored. There's um, where, what you would put in an eclectic basket. Um, we have done so many different visits to theatre, to museums. Um, we have found some amazing science and history curriculums. And, you know, there's lots of podcasts. There's so many different ways of learning and so you can tailor it to your own child. And I feel like our kids are growing spiritually aware as well, which is so important to us. At the moment, the world is going it's going nuts and it's going to accelerate a rate um, against Christianity. And I feel like homeschooling gives us that chance to share with them what the world believes, but also show them how they can defend their faith and have confidence in that God isn't separate from education. God is created science. He created math. Um, yeah, so we Wonderful insights, really Becky. It. Let's get a thought or two from Terry for uh, the things Becky is sharing. Yes, thank you, Becky. Uh, that was the reason why my wife and I commenced homeschooling uh, back in the 80s uh, for our own family. And with respect to God's way of parenting, uh, one of the key scriptures uh, that you may you probably know and uh, your family probably knows, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 5 to 7, where it says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, not your children, you, the parent. Uh, with all your soul and all your strength. And these which words which I command you today shall be in your heart, not your children, but have to be the words of God and the love for God to be in the hearts of the parents who are God's people. And then after that, it says, you shall teach them diligently to your children. And it talks about the fourfold times in the day. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, lie down and rise up. Well, when you sit in your house, that's kind of, um, it's uh, relaxing times around the meal table, maybe watching a movie, uh, walking by the way. There's the business hours. When you lie down and rise up, that's obvious. And so God's 
concept of parenting is, uh, as you've said, Becky, so eloquently, uh, is is a it's a it's a responsibility of parents to raise their children in the way of God, train up a child in the way he should go, not the way he shouldn't go, um, and so that's that's probably what's feeding a lot of the growth, at least in Christian homeschooling, but also for non Christians as well, as they are concerned with the other thing that Becky's brought up, which is uh, the philosophy of what's being taught in uh, in schools, and and that is. Uh, largely um, an atheistic-based uh, philosophy that basically uh, gives no credit to God and uh, gives no um, um, a, a, a recommendation that people should worship God. So, uh, look, you've hit the nail on the head there. Um, and, look, with respect to socialisation, I'll just say there are two key phrases that I found in the Scriptures that were good for my family and I share with our ACHS families. Um, you remember when Jesus was around the age of 12 and then they went down to Jerusalem for worship and then Joseph and Mary and the community were walking back to back home and they suddenly realised, well, uh, where's Jesus? And Mary would have said, well, I think he's with you. And, and Joseph said, no, I thought he was with you. So they go back and they finally find him and and um, he goes through. as a And bear in mind, he was home educated. Just keep that one in mind. Uh, and nonetheless, um, as a 12-year-old, he's there uh, with the greatest uh, theologians and lawyers in the temple asking them questions. Anyway, it says then, um, when they take charge of Jesus again and off they go home, it says two things. It says that Jesus went with them. So that's a child with parents. And secondly, it says, and was subject unto them. Now, just quickly unpack some of that. With them means... Um, Yes, I can, I can go and play cricket with my kids in the afternoon. I'm with my kids. But it's more important to flip that and say, my child will be with me. So if I'm a musical mother or a musical father, and they're with me and they're learning my skills, those skills will be communicated onto them. And um, if uh, in my family, uh, uh, my wife and I are more about speaking and writing, and guess what? Our kids are largely involved in communicating with people. So uh, that being with a godly adult is critical and second, subject unto them, not rebellious. And, and the result of that, that says in the next verse, Jesus grew in wisdom. There's your cognitive, stature, physical, uh, favour with God, and finally, favour with men. There's your social. So uh, God's ways work as, in, as parents. And uh, just I appreciate what the things that you've brought up there, Becky, and glad to hear the anxieties being relieved as uh, your child relaxes and um, just gets on with a normal life. Just to touch on something there that Becky raises, and uh, you did respond there, Terry, but the thought that what your children are learning at school in subjects like science is coming from a secular, atheistic worldview. Uh, what Becky was referring to, and she's still on the line with us, uh, was that these are the subjects with a secular worldview being taught in the Christian schools too. Uh, so kids not even getting Christian worldview subjects taught even in Christian schools. Now that might be a blanket way of uh, of of, uh, of uh, trying to describe uh, what Becky's saying, but what are your thoughts here for what Christian schools teach around issues like science that might not include creation in a curriculum? Yeah, well, there are two factors there that uh, strike me on the issue. The first is the content 
of the curriculum that they are using and and largely principals and heads of department are responsible if they are saying they're a Christian school they need to be picking the um, curriculum content uh, textbooks etc etc that's that provide the biblical world view the second problem we have and this is a big problem is that our teachers are trained in universities uh, don't get me started on this one but the universities are definitely um, uh, manifestations of uh, anti-Christian philosophy and so those two factors teacher training needs to be uh, for Christian schools teacher training needs to be directed toward biblical worldview and how to teach uh, that's one factor that's not done much in education degrees the how to teach often those degrees will show you the what to teach but not the how to do it and you find these poor first year out uni- um, teachers stressing out but just getting back to the content, uh, for a Christian, you really, uh, as a Christian parent, you are responsible to ensure that your kids are learning truth. And, and the Bible has to be a textbook as part of that, uh, not an addition just for Sundays. Becky in Western Australia, thank you so much for your call. And uh, Talkback Line, we'll put a line under any calls for now. Time is running out. Uh, Terry Harding, uh, you're the manager of Australian Christian Homeschooling and uh, the statistic we delivered a little earlier, 61% growth over this past year uh, for parents taking up homeschooling. That sounds like a mass movement towards homeschooling, perhaps away from the secular models. How do you describe that 61% growth? Is there something of uh, significance in that? Oh, most definitely. Um, my recent research has shown push and pull factors that are pulling, uh, pushing people into homeschooling because of uh, issues of government philosophy with respect to sexuality issues and uh, woke features, anti-Christian uh, policies. Uh, it was interesting. Uh, a lot of the research uh, feedback I was getting was saying parents did not trust government uh, now, this is not all parents, but these parents were saying they did not trust government to provide quality education. Number two, they did not trust governments to provide safety for their children. I'm not just talking about the bullying and the anxiety. This is with respect to uh, kids catching COVID. And thirdly, uh, they did not trust uh, governments to support family values or their parents' values with respect to mandated activities such as um, masks, um, lockdowns and uh, vaccinations. So that was a critical one. They, there was an issue of the school environment that was a problem. Uh, they saw um, uh, dysfunctional classrooms. That's why they jumped into home education. Uh, and I've already mentioned uh, some examples from there. They, but on the, on the positive, the pull factors, they saw the home was a family safe environment. Um, one-on-one learning was better. My child's getting one-on-one tuition for the first time, said one parent. Flexibility of time, fitting in with other activities. We have children who are involved in the arts and movies. We've got children who are high-quality sports people. We've got children involved who have missed out on on their education. Teenagers who are disengaged with... um, with education, the home's providing a family-friendly, uh, safe environment. Uh, and and uh, so on it goes. 
So um, avoiding bullying. I'm just reading out some of the issues they talked about here. Uh, one, said, oh, one said home education is the best education. We didn't realise what our kids did not know until the lockdowns. So we thought we could do a better job. So <laughs> there's one family, yeah. you know, so it just goes on and on. All right. There's lots of reasons why yeah. parents are choosing homeschooling now. And that's homeschooling above even Christian schooling. And, uh, of course, uh, uh, we're, you know, we're big uh, champions of uh, what's happening with Christian schooling in Australia. But uh, there's a movement there, 61% increase, unprecedented growth in homeschooling. For listeners who want to chase this down a little further, uh, read some more responses, perhaps get some answers to the queries that you might have about homeschooling. Here's the website for the Australian Christian Homeschooling. It's AC hs.edu.au achs stands for australian christian homeschooling achs.edu.au dr terry harding is the manager of achs terry thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020 thank you very much neil Uh, god bless you as you um, project the gospel uh, across the nation. Thank you for the opportunity for allowing us to talk about homeschooling and in particular Christian homeschooling. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.